This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader. Welcome to the latest episode of our Limit Up. That's where we talk to traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. We're going to be doing these episodes every week, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. Now today, today I'm joined here with Preya Patel, a member of our technology team here at Top Step Trader. Hi, Preya. Hey, Eddie. Good to be here today with you. You know, my pleasure, my pleasure to have you, Preya. Today we're talking with Rich Friesen, trading mm. psychologist at uh, Mind Muscles. And uh, really excited to talk to Rich about how traders can set themselves up for success in 2018. Yeah, that's a that's a great topic, Eddie, as we end out the year. I'm curious to hear what Rich has to say, given his psychology background. You know, when I first came to learn about trading, I, I thought what most people thought. You know, it's all about the numbers. It's purely mm -hmm. a mathematical exercise. And the success of trading came down to quantitative measures. So right. I knew there was a mental, emotional piece that was involved, but I really didn't fully understand it until I came to TopSap. And I've been doing some broad research, talking to traders both in and out of the program, and I've come to realize from those conversations that the mental aspect of trading is larger than I've ever imagined. So I'm excited what Rich has, uh, what tips Rich has for our traders. You know, that's one thing too. A lot of people think trading, you know, just numbers, buy, sell, buy, sell. Exactly. But, but you, you know, being on the floor uh, for so many years, it it you needed to uh, define uh, the mind process first. Could mm -hmm. you handle it? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know the the stress, uh, the the action, the movement. Um, and I think we're really going to learn something here from Rich. So yeah. you couldn't have said it better. Well, you know what? Let's get started. And uh, here's my conversation with Mind Muscles Rich Friesen. <laughs> All right, Rich Friesen works with independent and professional traders who want to increase their consistent profits. His neuroscience-based mind muscles gives clients the opportunity to reach their goals with simulations, interactive exercises, and real-time decision processes. We've got our good friend Rich Friesen with us right now. Hello, Rich. Hey, how you doing, Eddie? Very good. Very nice to have you here today. I know this is going to be a very informative, knowledgeable and definitely, uh, let's put it in a bold font, positive uh, conversation we'll have here today. Positive is good. Positive is good. Now, Rich, if you could, could you give us a little bit about your background and how you started and what uh, what got you into the psychology? Well, I started in psychology. I started as a family therapist with a master's degree in clinical psychology. And then I had a friend, Joe Ritchie who was doing really well in uh, on the floor of the Chicago Board of Trade, the CME, and the New York exchanges. And so that stimulated my thinking. And I, what I did was I decided that I didn't want to just, you know, go to work for him because I really needed to build up my own experiences. So I went to work for E.F. Hutton, or for Merrill Lynch, rather, as a commodity broker moved to EF Hutton and then went to work for Joe and that and CRT. So that was my my foundation was not in math, was not in engineering, 
was not in computation, but it was in psychology. And that's how I started. And that's how I came to trading. So as a result, it gave me a little bit of a, a different filter and experience when I went to the floor. All right, awesome. Now, today's topic, ways to set yourself up for success in 2018. Now, Rich, let me ask you, let me ask you probably the big question that everybody does have is, why is trading so hard? Now, seriously, though, uh, why do we often struggle to make changes to our trading uh, that we know we should? Well, I think that since it is so universal, that we can look to what is common among all traders. And what is common to all traders is that we have the same human brain. Our human brains are made for survival, and our responses are not helpful for trading. So as a result, we have these survival mechanisms in our brain that are very deeply rooted, and they will always win over our conscious intentional behaviors because they have um, they trump everything that we want to do because they are attached to our survival and that is very powerful so most of the time we're fighting our own brain and that's because what helped us survive on the savannas in Africa and even what helps us survive in the corporate or in your career or in other aspects of your life simply don't work with trading. In fact, they're counterproductive in trading. So as a result, most of us end up fighting our own brains. Now, Rich, we talk about fighting ourselves. Uh, now, that's something sometimes we don't realize we're doing. Now, I, I've come across that too until all of a sudden I see the red flag and I, I, I have to stop, take a few steps back, reevaluate, ask myself the question, why am I, do, why am I doing this process? Why should I be doing this? Uh, and giving myself, trying to give myself uh, a good enough answer to move forward. Why do we fight ourselves? Why is that part uh, of our thought process? The you know, what we've discovered with neuroscience is that the bulk of our decision, decision processes is outside of our own conscious thinking. Our brain fools us by doing a little time warp so that it feels like our conscious part of our thought and decision process is making the decision. But the decision's already been made. Neuroscientists, by hooking people up, to very sophisticated fMRI machines can often tell in a series of simple questions what decision a person will make before they have even decided on what decision they will make. So we have this huge subconscious processing going on that is out of our awareness that is already making decisions and then our brain fools us into thinking we're in control and we're making them. So what we need to do as traders or what we can do to improve our trading is to start to look at the footprints for this, this subconscious process to become acquainted with it and thus we can start to look at ways of and behaviors and thinking ways of thinking that actually produce better trading results. Now, Rich, you mentioned subconscious process. Now, does that have to do with how our minds are designed? If you want to talk about the fight or flight uh, ancestral urge. Trading, since it triggers fight or flight continuously because it 
is so powerful. It is often leveraged. It is often connected to our dreams, our hopes, our desires. It often triggers all of our fears that that fight or flight is easily triggered. And once that is triggered, of course, it, it creates it, it predominates everything else. If we look at how our brain works, uh, repeated patterns in our brain created, create new neural connections that are uh, then become shielded with myelinization. And that allows our neural connections to operate up to 100 times faster than our conscious thought. So as a result, those primitive uh, behaviors, those primitive uh, reactions, the fight or flight, are all very fast and they trump everything else. So as a result, we end up with repeated trading errors. And we wake up in the morning, and I'm going to hit my forward here and go, oh, duh, why did I do that again? Duh, why did I do that again? And we repeat them over and over again. And it's not your fault. It's not any trader's fault. It's just the way our brains are operating. Now, usually on some of the trades, if we don't have that patience, we don't have that discipline, uh, we forget about management. More or less, it's always flight. Um, what's a good way or a suggestion that you can give traders to stick in there and rethink and uh, step forward and continue uh, your process, continue, follow that game plan? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you had a reason uh, for the trade. Is that still viable? Well, what you're talking about is when you're in a trade and you drop down to survival mode, and then you're trying to consciously with willpower or discipline trying to force yourself into a, a better trading decision is very challenging because, again, the survival mechanisms, uh, they trump everything else. So what can we do as traders? Well, one of the things we can do is to look at what triggers those survival mechanisms and to structure our trading in a way that they're not triggered. And we do that at Mind Muscles by restructuring our how we think about a trade from the PL outcome to those things that we can control in our own processes. So for example, if we look at trades that are within the plan with a proper trading mindset, we call those lucrative trades, whether they're profitable or not. Everything in a lucrative trade, to create a lucrative trade, is within the trader's control, completely and totally. For example, trading preparation, uh, nourishment, sleep, uh, what mindset you're in, what the quality of thoughts you're thinking, uh, executing that trade according to your plan, managing the trade and exiting according to your plan. Those are all 100% within your control. Now, once you define trading or you redefine trading as creating lucrative trades as versus a profitable trade, now everything shifts. There's no downshift. There's no triggers. There's no survival mechanisms needed because you can feel the power of, of creating your mindset and creating your decision processes that are a very powerful skill, and it feels so good because everything's within your control. So we move from the outcome of a trade to establishing processes that feel competent and feel good in the moment.
Right, and of course we we love to feel good in the moment. Obviously, now if we could, Rich, let's let's do a couple of simulations. You up for that? Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, let's just say, okay, you're a trader who made money in 2017, and you're you're looking to keep momentum. What do mm -hmm. you do now? We're coming to December. What do you do in December here to set yourself up for next year? Okay, so you are looking to keep momentum. So one of the challenges of successful trading, in fact, this is the challenge that most traders don't even talk about, is stepping into their own success and maintaining their own success. And what we talk about is we reframe that rather than trying to keep momentum, which means you're trying to hold on something to the past. We talk about coming fresh to every day from a master trader's mindset. There is no momentum, there's no past, there's no future. Well, just in the moment now, we are developing the master trader's mindset. And how do we trade from this master trader's mindset? Like, if we, if we bring the past, either positive or negative, into our current trading mindset, it affects how we filter, it affects our biases, it affects our needs, our dreams, and as a result, it isn't very helpful. So what we say is, is we encourage our traders to create a routine that brings them into that moment, that, that fresh moment when they're just there with the market, with no past and no future. All right. Now, um, Let's look on the other end of the spectrum as far as the simulation. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, what if someone who struggled in 2017? Now, what would you do differently? Or would you basically tackle the yearly analysis the same? What would you do? Well, it's what's interesting is that going back to a successful year first is that our brain chemistry changes with success. In the book, The Hour Between Dog and Wolf, uh, John Coates uh, did some blood tests with traders. And when they're on a roll and they're successful, their brain chemistry is different after a series of losses or when they're in the doldrums in trading. And so both of those states, neither of them is helpful. When we have a, an overstimulated brain, when we've had success, when we are on a roll, uh, we tend to then behave differently than when we've had a series of losses and we have a different brain chemistry structure. So both, of, neither of those two sets of brain uh, uh, states is very helpful to us. So again, we're coming back to the moment is how do I experience myself right now? How do I experience the markets right now? And and awareness of these states is really important. So that if I'm aware of a state of overexcitement, overstimulation, of cockiness, I can say, okay, I'm having this state right now. If I'm aware of the cell of my state of mind as being uh, discouraged and depressed and frustrated, I can say, okay, well, that's a state of mind that I have right now. And once we recognize those two states of mind, understand we're in them, then we can start to look at the choices we have from that state of mind to either go into a routine that moves us back to a fully present state of mind 
or to decide not to trade during those periods of time. Rich, you mentioned overstimulation. Now, isn't that commonplace in trading? And maybe do we do we tend to overstimulate and not realize that we're doing that? Sure. And what you know, you, what you're pointing out is that at any given time, without an anchor or a way to measure where we are, it feels like we're in a normal state. In fact, I had the experience the other day of being really cocky and excited about something, and it was out of my awareness. And I thought, I am just being confident, and this is a sure thing, and this is the way to do it. And all of a sudden, I started laughing at myself, thinking, you know, OMG, as they say. <laughs> I am in a uh, kind of a cocky uh, cocky state, and I know what how nature balances it out, and that's going to be a crash later. So I caught myself. But So awareness is key. In fact, we have the golden keys uh, in terms of our own processes here at Mind to Muscles. And the first golden key is awareness awareness of where we are at any given state. And we have what we call our set scores, our sensations, emotions, and thoughts. So it's a way of measuring this. And we do it from a minus five to a plus five. Minus five being on the rundown, depressed, uh, discouraged side, the plus five being on the hyper, I can do anything, I'm God, um, a overstimulated side. A zero being fully present in the moment and allowing the market to, to just do its thing, being curious, and being fully there for it. Now, that, that's a great way to put things, to give yourself that grade, uh, you know, before you trade, as soon as you get out of bed, or as soon as you mm -hmm. turn on your computer. You, you know, you need to, uh, you to uh, reevaluate yourself as, as a person before you start looking at charts and such. Now, uh, Rich, okay, Eddie, can I interrupt you? For by a certainly, certainly. Okay, because I'd like to use this as an example. Sure. You use the terms you need to. So if one of my traders uses that, you need to, that immediately tells me that he's or she is putting themselves out of rapport. Anytime you need to do something, that is your neocortex, your thoughtful, rational part of your brain, telling your subconscious part of your brains. Uh, your survival mechanisms that they need to change. So you're putting yourself out of rapport with yourself. Rather, if I could reframe that, you could say something like, when I am in rapport with myself, when I am doing this behavior, it feels so much better. Or I'm really looking forward to this new behavior. And when I think about executing that new behavior, I feel so much better. Now, we've moved from I need to to inviting ourselves into a behavior that feels better. So I just wanted to interrupt you there and use that as an example of one of the thing, the way we restructure language at Mind Muscles. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Now, uh, if you could, are there any simple exercises or practices that uh, you've seen that really makes a difference for traders? Sure. What the traders who come out of our course is successful, what they report is the a number of things that really make a difference. And the first is the golden key of awareness. 
And we have an application that allows them to fill in a whole bunch of different uh, behaviors and awarenesses. But for example, an exercise where you set an alarm for every 15 minutes or 20 or 30 minutes or whatever works for you, is that when it goes off, catch yourself. And the first is my physical sensations. How's my body? Am I hunched over? How's my breathing? How's my heart rate? Um, how's my voice? How's my jaw? Is it clenched? Just take a, a trip from your nose to your toes and just do a physical awareness. Don't try to change anything. This isn't about shoulds or I should be sitting up straight or I should be breathing slowly. Uh, it's none of that. Just at this point, awareness. Then emotions. How am I feeling? Am I fearful? Am I uh, cocky? Am I uh, angry? So, and just do a check of your emotions. Then you can do a, a check of your thoughts, the quality of your thoughts. Uh, I'm being self-critical. Um, oh boy, I'm going to get the next one. The boy, uh, I lost the last one, but I'm going to get it back. What kind of thoughts are going through your head? And just do that awareness check. And if you can just start with that exercise alone, that is huge. Because what eventually happens is that that becomes second nature. And before every trade, it just takes a few milliseconds to do that, that check. But at first, it needs to be very intentional, very deliberate. And as we know f with most habits and most uh, automated responses like driving, at first it takes a, a while to intentionally do it, but after a while it becomes second nature. And awareness can become second nature also. Like I notice I check into myself and my thought patterns uh, just almost continuously and catch myself at all sorts of fascinating and interesting types of thoughts and feelings and physical sensations. And I can then uh, enjoy them, I can accept them, and then uh, we can go into, once we've accepted them and we understand that they're just processes in our brains and our body that has been repeated over and over again, there's no judgment, there's no shame or no blame, then we can say, how would I prefer to be in this moment? What would feel better in this moment? So an awareness exercise where you set an alarm and you uh, just check your sensations, your emotions, your thoughts. At Mind Muscles, you can do this any way you want, but at Mind Muscles, we score them from a minus five to a plus five. For example, in sensations, a minus five would be you're sick, you have the flu, uh, you just got run over by a truck, uh, you haven't had a drink of water in three days, you're famished. Uh, you know, those are the physical sensations. Uh, you just ran a marathon and every muscle in your body hurts. That would be on the minus five. The plus five is like you uh, you had 20 cups of caffeinated coffee or had uh, got, heaven forbid, cocaine or whatever, and you're just hyper. Your, your knees, legs are bouncing up and down. You're energetic. Your eyes are moving back and forth. You're uh, uh, unable to concentrate. Your body just wants to move and wiggle. So that would be a plus five. In the center is a zero. And that's where you slept well, you're nourished, you're hydrated, uh, you've exercised your body. Your, uh, your body is just available with a lot of reserves of energy and just waiting for the appropriate place to put it. A minus five in your emotions is uh, depression. Uh, you can't get out of bed. Your, uh, your energy is down. There's no... There's just, you're, you're, you feel like there's just no way that you want to live or, or, or 
uh, or, or have any meaning in your life. So that would be the minus five. The plus five in emotions is, again, uh, cocky, I'm a god, I can do anything. And uh, in your t- quality of thoughts, self-critical thoughts are the minus five. The thoughts, I'm worthless, that's a minus five. The plus five is, uh, I'm special and I can do anything. So if we look at the sensations, emotions, thoughts, and you start to score them, you can now start to see where you trade best. Some of my traders trade best like a minus one. Some trade best at a plus one. Some trade best near zero. But they all, I mean, without exception, when we get to the minus twos, threes, and fours, the fives, the plus twos, threes, fours, and five, people find that their P&L goes off. So if we have an application called Mind Metrics that uh, automates a lot of this, but everyone can do it just on a spreadsheet or even just a piece of paper, is start to become aware. And the important part of this is to just accept whatever you discover. If you discover that you're really hyper and think you're godlike and you can't do anything wrong, and then you judge yourself for it, well, then you are uh, creating another negative space. So if you can instead say, wow, this is fascinating. I'm feeling invincible today. Fascinating. How do I do that? What? How do I manage that? Well, now all of a sudden we're in the discovery process and we can move to the next stage from awareness, acceptance. Then we can move to the next stage of creating new behaviors, new sensations that work better for us. So that's like uh, telling myself, you know what, walk forward, keep continuing to move forward, but tread lightly. Make sure that uh, you're watching and paying attention what happens. Um, now, Rich, I want to bring up the word confidence. That's one thing that uh, does help us uh, mindfully through either the good or the bad. Now, uh, trader in a rut, have, having putting together some bad trades in succession, maybe a few days mm-hmm. at uh, it just not working. Now, the thing is, we always talk about, uh, you know, confidence, build it, uh, work on it. What would, for, from you, what would be a good way? If, if I'm in a rut, not trading too well, I'm not too satisfied with what's going on, mm-hmm. but I still need, I'm not going to say need, I still, <laughs> I, I want. Good, I, good, you've gotten yourself. I want to build confidence uh, because I found out that that, uh, that helps me progress. What's a good way to to get back some of that confidence after a bad streak? Okay, well, it really depends on what are the factors in that bad streak. And so what we do as mind muscles is most traders just have this big bag, black bag with all the stuff in it. And when things go wrong, they have so many different variables that are undifferentiated that they don't know what levers to move. So what we do at Mind Muscles is first we differentiate between lucrative and lousy trades. If, for example, let's say a trader was executing his system flawlessly and um, had uh, several days of lose, of unprofitable trades, well, then what we can say is, okay, we've had a shift in the type of markets. And we could go into our whole thing around market moods. I don't know if we'll have that time today. But we've had a shift in the market mood. And our strategy, for example, a very simple example would be if we have a trending uh, type strategy and we're in a choppy market with expansion, expanding parameters, 
you know, that's just a killer for a, uh, a trending system. So if we're executing flawlessly our system and we're uh, still unprofitable, then we can say, okay, let's look at the type of market we're in and let's look at the type of strategy we're in. That's really fairly straightforward and simple. But let's say on the other hand, we go into a place where we notice that uh, only 20% of our trades are lucrative. That is, we've, we're in the right state of mind and we're follow, um, and 20% of trades are not are only lucrative when we're in the right state of mind and following our system. But 80% of them are impulsive trades or intuitive trades or uh, revenge trades or right. trades, yeah. uh, a fear of missing out trades right. or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. Then we can say, okay, what do we need to look at here? And that is our state of mind. So if we can differentiate between, there's a lot more distinctions, but at least if we can make those two distinctions now we know where to start applying the issues. If it's a state of mind issue and we're uh, trading off system, then we can look at what mechanisms are being triggered. How do we put ourselves in the state of mind where we're making these off system trades? And we can start to look at the mechanisms there. All right. Now, uh, Rich, I want to thank you very much for sitting down with me and uh, sitting down with our listeners here and uh, hitting some points on a very, a very important topic, a very important topic uh, coming from one year to the other. So a lot of us have to sort of go back, uh, possibly check our journals, our trades, and how we did, uh, how we, we traded financially, uh, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, and uh, put that all together and see how we're going to approach uh, the new year here. So I appreciate you being with us here for that. But uh, you, you, I was going to ask you, you got some time for some other questions I'd like to ask you? Now, sure. Okay. Now, I have been asking you questions, but I've got some fun questions here that I'd like to put on the table. Um, I know that uh, a lot of traders love stories, uh, love trading stories, and uh, you have did it all. You've been on the trading floor. You've been in the heat of the moment. You've seen the highest highs, the lowest lows. You've also did the psychology edge of trading. So you, you've, you've been there. You've done that. Um, I want to ask you, what was the scariest trade you ever made? Oh, my gosh. Um, crash of 87 comes to mind, uh, buying the um, bottom there. But another one that's probably more interesting is the AOL. When AOL came out, they came out with leaps, the two-year options, and I was an option trader. And so we were putting on these big positions. They were highly illiquid. You put them on, but there was nobody to take them off. So basically, we were just trying to balance our portfolio between being long and short premium. And then AOL just took off, and it split multiple times. So we have had splits of splits in options. So we like, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but we had like the 105 and 3 eighths strike. <laughs> then we'd have the 106 and a half strike. So normally, you know, you have the five point strikes in options. Well, we had strikes every, sometimes every one and a half points. So as the leaps came into the front month, I had thousands and thousands of options positions 
you know, like it was pretty balanced. So I'd be short the 105 and three quarters and long the 106 and a half. Uh, and, and right at expiration, an hour before, AOL had decided it was one of those days it was just going to make huge moves. So at one point, you know, if as it went through one strike I would, where I was long calls, for example, all of a sudden I'd be long 30,000 shares equivalents of AOL. And I was trying to hedge them. But the next moment it would go up to a strike I was really short and all of a sudden I'd be short 40,000 share equivalents of AOL. And then I'd be long again. And so finally, I just gave up. I just started laughing so hard. I said, there, I, there's just nothing I can do about this. And uh, once I started laughing, um, I was able to get more creative. So that was uh, at the time. I can laugh at that now, but I can remember because I was so fastidious about keeping my deltas, that is the uh, uh, stock equivalent, the directional risk, uh, balance. I had always done that all all my trading life. I was not a, a big directional trader. I was a spread trader. And all of a sudden, Rich Friesen, uh, spread trader, keeping his deltas in line, it was just so impossible. It eventually became just funny. Uh, but I remember uh, at the point uh, just sweating bullets and worried about everything at that. That was a, a scary time until I just let go of it and said, hey, I can't control this. What will be will be. And what will be will be, and that's that's what we have to do. It's 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 just a matter of uh, what's the market going to give us, what's the trade day going to give us, and uh, you know we as traders we walk in to that as being warriors, and uh, it's just what kind of battle is it going to be? It's going to be easy battle, hard battle, and that's 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 a big part of the fight. Um, well, if you're just looking at it, if we use the metaphor battle and fight. Uh, we might want to consider a, a different metaphor because, again, that sets up you, – you talked about what's really important, Eddie. You talked about earlier about how our brain works and how we're uh, – you know, use the, use the word struggle. So what if we were to rephrase that? What if we were to use different language than battles? So, again, that's one of the things we do at Mind Muscles is to look at how we frame the problem in our brain because language makes a difference. It triggers different parts of our brain. And what we want to do is continually step into our higher selves, step into that master trader's mindset. And as we do that, our language is going to shift. So thank you for uh, bringing up that metaphor because I think that's uh, an interesting point that we can look at. All right, Rich, um, here in the Top Step Trader broadcast booth, I just happen to have a time machine. I'm going to invite you over from the West Coast, come to the Midwest here in Chicago, and uh, we're going to take a trip. And okay. If, uh, if you do make it, and you could go back into time and uh, mm -hmm. tell yourself one thing as you started out, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. That brings on a rush of emotion. It would be, Rich, you are okay. And Rich, your tendency to underestimate yourself and your abilities is a limitation that you no longer need. All right. All right, write that down, write that down. Now, Rich, I got another question for you, fun question. Uh, everybody's got a toy, all right? Everybody's got a toy, whether we be young or old. Mm -hmm. um, What's your favorite toy? 
Well, the toy that I keep putting on my wish list uh, is a Tesla, but uh, somehow Santa doesn't, uh, I, I guess I'm just not good enough of a boy to, to get that. But uh, I think right now it's, uh, we just moved to San Jose to be closer to the grandkids. And uh, I basically, I told my wife, the garage is mine. And I built a workshop and, you know, all metal cabinets with just everything has its place. I can stand kind of like in the command center and 90% of what I need is within arm's reach. And I love building. I love remodeling. Uh, like I just built in a huge network cabinet for all my networking gear. And uh, it's got, you know, LED lights on the inside and mirrors and just stuff like that. I just really enjoy I imagine that's because trading is so ephemeral or it's so uh, mental that it's really nice to just get my hands on something and make precision, uh, build something with precision. And that just gives me a tremendous amount of satisfaction. Now, Rich, let me ask you something. What's your take on rewarding oneself? If we set it up that I'm going to do something that is difficult and then I'm going to reward myself for it as a way to motivate myself. That can work for some people at some times. But again, it sets up a struggle. So what if right in this moment I can enjoy what I'm doing? What if in this moment I can reinterpret how my mental state is so that I can really feel good about getting things done? So even if it's something like taxes, how can I come to this and feel competent? How can I come to this and just feel that surge of skill levels that I'm building? So if we can continually move to rapport with ourselves, to feel good in the moment about what we're doing, so we don't have this struggle between the different parts of ourselves or things we have to do now and then reward ourselves later. In fact, Eddie, if there's one word that represents how we work at Mind Muscles, it's Rapport. Rapport with ourselves, rapport with our internal voices, rapport with our uh, different parts of ourselves. And then we can go to rapport with the markets. And in fact, in our relationships, in our families, rapport with ourselves can bring unexpected rapport with those in, that we, in the past, we've been struggling with. So I think that the one word that I'd like to leave everybody with is rapport all right thanks rich uh another question for you just got a couple more uh want to ask you about uh your favorite trade what was your favorite trade at the moment oh my gosh i can remember that we were putting on a spread in um i believe it was the microsoft and it was working really well. The firms were coming in, selling premium. The retail was coming in, buying premium and different strikes. And we were putting on the spread. And being more aware of what was going on, I got a tingle inside because the spread had been working for a week or so. And something just intuitively didn't feel right. So I started looking at it. I went back to the sheets. I did some work. And I noticed the spread was widening and all the market makers on the floor were, were selling it. And they were going, wow, this is great. It's widening. We can do even more. 
and something I knew that we had changed market moods. In fact, at Mind Muscles, we talk about the most profits that are made and the biggest losses are ma- are made in market transitions when the market is changing its character. And something says, this is something, this is a shift. So I started working myself out of the position that I had. And it took a little while because um, uh, the paper was all coming in the same way that I wanted to go now. And then once I got out of it, I started adding to the long position. So I was going against the market makers. I was, as the paper came in, I kept just going one way and uh, and adding to it. And then I started hitting the market makers. And they were just giddy with pleasure. The spread was widening and they were selling more and more and more of it. And then I kept adding to it and buying more. And then all of a sudden you could just see, and I, I'm feeling chills right now as I tell this, one by one, the light bulb was going off and they realized that they were in big trouble. They had put on so much of this absolutely foolproof spread that if it kept widening, they were going to be out of business or severely harmed. So uh, they started one by one. You could just see them stopping, putting on the spread, going back to the computers, looking at their positions, coming back and then trying to undo it. And one by one, everyone was trying going the same way. The paper was coming in more the same way. And I had what at that time we called bullets. I had the ability to let everybody out and because I had put on a lot of it. And I, as I tell you now, I still get chills thinking about just having this intuitive sense that something had changed and and letting the market makers, just watching them panic and then just letting them out of the trades with the bullets I had and having one of the most profitable days ever. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. And uh, Rich, I'd uh, like to thank you very much here for being with us and sharing your insights, sharing your knowledge, uh, sharing some of the stories and uh, scenarios. Now, Rich, uh, if I can ask you, where can people find you online? How could we get a hold of you, Rich? Um, mindmusclesfortraders.com is where um, our information is mind muscles plural for traders.com or if you want to email me it's rich r-i-c-h dot friesen f-r-i-e-s-e-n at mindmuscles.com rich once again here thank you very much from all of us here and uh take care my friend we'll get you back here again soon take care bye-bye Well, all right. Now, Preya, well, besides Rich correcting me a couple times for my language I was (laughs) using, uh, what are some things you think traders should take away from this interview? Yeah, I really like this interview. Um, The number one thing that I heard repeatedly is this focus on awareness. Mm -hmm. So constantly checking in with yourself to feel the overconfidence or the self-doubt And I really like the exercise he gave to write down where you're emotionally at from a negative five to a five was really interesting. Um, There's a power to just being aware, you know, no shame, no judging how you feel Um, and accepting that, you know, I know when I make a habit to be self-aware, I make better decisions. And sometimes when we're in survival mode, as Rich mentioned, it's so easy to neglect that process. And that's what I'm hearing is a huge challenge from traders. And I know you hear it, you know, day in and day out. Right. You know, when you mentioned the survival mode, you know, even the best of traders tend to slip into that. Now, the thing is, mm-hmm. uh, his um, 
his uh, five to five, his negative five to positive five. Um, he mentioned that most of his traders are just around zero. Yep. Um, you know, as far as uh, starting the day, and then they can adjust it. But this is something that I think you really need to keep track of. Uh, before you start trading, and then you you log it in after you're done trading. This mm -hmm. way, you're gonna get you're gonna get a a feel of uh, you know when you when you are hitting your highs, uh, when you are dialing things in, and when you're trading your best. So that's yeah. that's pretty good. I'm glad you brought that up. What else did uh, did Rich talk about that uh, some of the traders can have some takeaways? I really like this idea of the lucrative trade, you know, which is totally disconnected from whether it's profitable or not. Um, I like the way you put it. If you're doing everything right, aligned with your process, you should be happy with how you're trading, regardless of the market, of how the market moves your way or not. And that's the big takeaway. If you're not happy with the results, you can look at it and say, okay, I stuck to my process, my plan 100%, what's going on? Um, and then you can take a look at what type of market you're in. But when you aren't following your plan, you have two things that are moving, your strategy and the market. And it's hard to really see what needs to change. So the biggest takeaway for me is the focus, is to not focus success on the outcome, but the process that you're sticking to. Right. You know, uh, it takes trader uh, traders a bit of time to, to realize yeah. that, you know, when I put a game plan together, when I follow all the basic rules, the market doesn't really care what you have done mm -hmm. right but what you want to do is you want to accomplish uh, you want to accomplish success with yourself as far as uh, following your game plan uh, using discipline um, following patience and this is part of the build uh, of the build to get yourself to a point of a successful trader now um, I know that he mentioned uh, the lucrative trade yeah and uh, you, what you need to do is you need to totally disconnect uh, whether it's profitable or not mm -hmm. you need to keep moving forward and you can't be knocking yourself back down I completely agree all right uh, what else did you get here anything else from rich yeah Phil, the last thing is you know how we talked about your brain chemistry and how it changes with success and failure so I'm, I'm more curious to learn more about that um, and it makes sense in the trading world. Each day, viewing it as it's having no past, no future, just today. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it so bluntly. So that's why our coaches are frequently suggesting that traders take a day off if they're feeling the pressure to continue a winning, winning streak or um, if they're in a losing streak. So I thought that was really interesting. Right. Now, now um, understand that Rich uh, was in the pits trading, screaming, mm -hmm. yelling, pushing, shoving. And... Um, He's got a very well set, um, been there, done that, yep. all right? And he knows that it's very important to start with the mind and develop the mind before you start developing the, 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 physic, uh, the physical and the, uh, the mental trading. So you have to start there. Also, what he talked about is the, uh, like you mentioned, having no past, no future. You need to view each day that way. Each one thing I used to always say is there's no in basket and out basket. When I worked on the trading floor, when that closing bell rang, that day was done. Mm -hmm. You'd move on to the next day, whether it was a good or bad. And I think that's where I learned to uh, separate and keep days separate. If you had a terrible day yesterday, you're not supposed to bring it with you. To reset the new day, yeah. right? You need a reset. That's a good word, reset. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also all these things. Why professional traders, hedge fund managers uh, are having psychologists on their list. This is something that uh, 
Now, I didn't get on the trading floor, but it is uh, offered for electronic traders. Um, I, I guess it was trial and error on the trading floor. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of uh, extreme highs, extreme lows, mm -hmm. um, and nobody was there to tell you, uh, you know, how to react or, 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 you know, how to handle. It was a matter of, can you do it? If you can't, move. Yeah. Somebody else will do it. So um, I think Rich here today uh, really gave us a good indication and a good direction on what you need to do, what you need, how you need to prepare yourself, how you need to get ready for the game. Um, and you want to be at top of your game. Yeah. So you need to be aware and in control of your mental state. So Couldn't have said it better. Thank you very much. He said it. I didn't. Yeah. He said it. So, but uh, Preya, great having you here in the uh, broadcast booth my, today. My pleasure. All right, traders, as always, thanks for spending time with us. Give us feedback on any of our interviews at LimitUp at TopStepTrader.com. And if you got some time, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much. Thank you, Preya. And Thank you. we'll see everybody next time. Take care. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.